המגרסה. Good morning to our listeners and also to those who don't. I'm Yuval and you're listening to the Cutting Edges podcast where we make sense in the world of mess, which we like to call the world of web series. Just a thought I had today. Why doesn't web series have a plural form? Web series. Sounds like I'm a snake. Anyway, this is our international podcast and today we got to interview a neighbor from across the Atlantic. I'm glad to welcome Brie Castellini. Brie is an award-winning film and web series editor. Writer, producer, actress, and director, in addition to being the terrible community director and podcast host and the producer. Wow, talk about multitasking. Hi, Brie, how are you? <laughs> Tired from that list of things that I'm doing. <laughs> Sounds like you are a very busy person. Yeah, that would, that would be a good way of describing me, yes. Thanks so much for having me. Very, very glad that you're here with us. So let's get right to it. I said this name's terrible. I don't know if all of our listeners are familiar with it, but tell us what is terrible. So Sterable is an audience building platform for web series creators. Um, we have a variety of facets. We have Sterable.com, which is sort of our discovery platform where uh, all English language web series um, can be Put up a, their series, embed their episodes, list their cast and crew. Uh, soon they'll be able to monetize their pages so that they can, they can create monthly tiers to offer exclusive you know, uh, behind-the-scenes content and extra content for people who want an enriched experience of their web series. Uh, we also have a um, social media management tool called Sterable Updates that's on Sterable.com. So anyone with a page on Sterable can now um, attach... As many Facebook and Twitter pages as they want, and then they can post to and schedule posts to those pages for you know as far into the future as they want to make it easier to manage all of their promotional efforts. We also have a community forum uh, community.sterable.com. It is a forum of over a thousand web series creators from around the world where people come together to ask for advice, uh, offer solutions, read and write articles about the craft of web series on everything from how to write a shot list to how to pick a social media platform that will be best for your particular web series to how to define your audience for your web series and, and everything in between. We have a podcast, like, uh, like my job title mentions, called Forget the Box, which is actually another web series interview podcast. Uh, we have an annual uh, indie TV festival called Sterable Fest that takes place in New York City, which is where Sterable is based. So, you know, uh, we have panels and workshops and screenings and award ceremonies. And, you know, we, we've, we've loved doing that. Last year was our first event. It went really well. And we're super excited to bring it back this year for its second year in a row. Uh, and that's terrible. We're an audience building platform and the largest community of web series creators in the world. That sounds great. So, If I, trans, if I try and summarize it, because it is a lot of things that are being done. So basically some sort of a, a community, some sort of a, an infrastructure for a, an online community. Can you say that? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely very community-oriented. I would call us more of a platform because what, uh, a lot of what we do is build tools to make it easier to manage and uh, attract an audience for your web series because I, I think we can all agree that the current sort of distribution methods for web series creators are, are kind of lacking. If you upload your web series to YouTube, there is zero guarantee that YouTube is going to help at all. And so we're trying to, to empower creators with, you know, 
features and and new builds that we're doing to sort of take their audience building into their own hands instead of having to sort of hope that the algorithm is going to work for them that week. Yeah, more like 100% YouTube will not help <laughs> your website. Yes, that tends to be the case. Uh-huh, uh-huh, I get you. Okay, so I'm curious to know, who are the members of this community? You said there's over a thousand people in this community. Can you try and describe some sort of a profile of those people? So uh, so the forum only has about a thousand, maybe a, close to 2,000 now. Our overall community mm. for across all of our, our products and our platforms uh, is closer to 5,000. Uh, okay. and, and as such, there actually really isn't a, a solid demographic. We have teenagers who have made three web series on their own with their friends from high school. And we have people in their 50s and 60s who are, are finally realizing that as technology is advanced, they are no longer required to rent a camera and shoot on film and be really precious with like the amount of money that they can put into it. They realize that like, it's it's the perfect time to create their own content, something they've been wanting to do forever. Um, I will say that the web series community tends to be a lot more diverse than traditional entertainment communities. We have a lot more people of color, uh, gender fluid, non-binary folks, LGBT folks, you know, people who whose stories we don't often get to see, especially like in in multiple different ways you know there there tends to be like one trans character in all of television and that's it that's huh. all they get but in web series yeah. you know there are tons of series not only starring trans people but written by a variety of trans people because the trans experience cannot be exemplified by a single character and that's what's so great about the web mm-hmm. series community is that anyone who has an experience that they want to share can all of the gatekeepers are busy doing something else you just tell your story upload it and get people excited. Maybe a one way to describe this community is that the diversity is basically what defines this community because there is no bon ton, there is no tradition of who used to be in power in this specific community, in this specific industry. I don't know if we can even call it an industry yet, but yeah, it is. it, it does sound very um, diverse, which is pretty amazing. So what, do you, what, what would you say is the common denominator for all of the people of all of the members of this community. Uh can you can you uh, expand on that? Yeah, I'll try to explain more words. Like in, um, in, in so, what case basically? Yeah. What context? Okay, so when you refer to a web series community, so the logic says well it's probably those creators. But are people who watch web series are also part of the web series community or is it only the people who create the web series who create web series are part of this community do you need to really already be the creator of an x amount of episodes in order to be part of the community do you only need to be someone who really loves watching them or just having a passion for it or just having a spare time thinking hmm i have this idea for a web series yeah so i mean our our community is a, a mix of a lot of things we have people who have made four different shows and gone to film festivals and all that stuff. And we also have people who have a great idea or even just want to have a great idea, but don't really know where to start with it. Um, we, I mean, we do certainly have members of our community that aren't as interested in creating as they are consuming web series, but those people tend to just, you know, watch the web series and leave. What our community is really trying
trying to do is give creators people or even people who are interested in becoming creators the resources and the knowledge they need to take their destiny into their own hands so so much of what we do is very educational in nature last night we hosted a, a workshop in New York City where I walked a group of creators through a particular marketing strategy that I thought would would be more fun for them to try out than this traditional you know schedule five tweets a week saying hey I exist and uh, you know we our podcast is explicitly about trying to teach people how to make web series um, from everything from a deep dive into post-production practices to a deep dive into you know directing and and what makes a good director and what kind of things you have to expect as a director on a set big or small uh, we also have over a hundred articles on our platform that that cover all of the things that I, I spoke about earlier to to help people at any level of their web series creation goals again whether that's before they've made a single episode or thought of a great concept all the way through people who have made two or three and are realizing that they want to level up their productions so uh, our community is definitely largely people who want to or are currently creating and who who want the support and the community of like-minded people and from your experience do you usually work with people who have background in film and television or is it usually people who come from different backgrounds you know it's funny I, I would say probably half and half there are quite a few people in the web series community that did not go to film school I actually didn't go to film school before I, I you know became a part of this community I was a writer and not even of script writing I was a prose writer I wrote short stories and novels for the first time 22 years of my life and then I sort of had a radical shift and decided I wanted to, to go into screenwriting and web series but yeah we do tend to have a lot of people who have never made anything in their lives many of whom like me you know have always been writers but you know the the bridge between writing and actually producing something you've written is a pretty long one and a pretty scary one so a lot of people you know come to the web series community with like a full script but they have no idea what to do with it uh, we do certainly have community members who you know did go to film school whether it was for series or short films or features kind of varies but it, it, it's definitely an interesting mix of people who are like I already know how to write a shot list why are you writing this article but then those people need more more help with like the marketing side of things because my sense is that as a person who didn't go to film school it seems like a lot of the focus is on craft which it makes sense you know how to make a great shot how to you know put this together and post but there isn't a lot of focus on like actually building an engaged audience that'll stick with you from project to project so a lot of the people from film school tend to be uh, more looking for like the advice on how to get the word out about their project and how to how to make the next project versus the people who had never gone to film school are, are there for the more like uh, how to one one articles how to write a shot list what is a shot list what's the point of a call sheet things like that mm -hmm. from your point of view what is terrible's goal like what is the ideal vision for terrible I think Sterable's ultimate goal, I don't think, I know, Sterable's ultimate goal is to make television a more diverse and dynamic environment, one that actually reflects what humanity looks like versus what we've been told it looks like since the beginning of, you know, 
theater and television in the modern world. I think that what's so great, like we don't really see a difference between, you know, traditional television and indie television, like web series are just indie TV. And we've seen examples of indie feature films that go on to be mainstream. All the, the only difference is, you know, that there's no traditional studio backing and there's not as big of budgets. But ultimately what we want is to empower people to make art that matters to them and get that art to the people who are actively searching it out. We know there are audiences for all of the web series being made. There are always going to be people who are looking for a story that's more authentic to their experience. And, you know, the not long form can always do that, especially with all these old bureaucratic models in the studio system. So our goal is to just make it easier and more accessible for any creator with a great idea and a great story to tell, to tell that story to as many people as want to hear it. That sounds awesome. Can I join? <laughs> yes, we would love you. <laughs> I'm already in. Yeah, I've been following you for a while, getting your um, emails, your uh, newsletters, and also obviously following you on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Now, my next question is a funny question. And pardon me for being a little sick here. I'm feeling like I'm talking through my nose. <laughs> so there's been this talk. People who are saying, and I'm assuming it's not only here in Israel, people saying that web series is the next big thing. You refer to web series as indie TV, which is an awesome way to look at it. It's the way that I haven't looked at it up until now, but basically it makes complete sense. But do you think that web series are the next big thing? Is it already a big thing? And do you think that there's an indicator for being a big thing? Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting because I, I do think in some ways the sort of initial excitement over web series really peaked a couple of years ago when, you know, web series were winning Emmys left and right. Um, and, uh, you know, Lizzie Bennet Diaries was a sort of a major pinnacle in the, the, the OG web series success. But web series have been around since there were a, the, there was the ability to distribute video on the internet. You know, Lonely Girl 15 was all the way back in like, 2006 uh the guild mm-hmm. started around that time uh and even before that there were you know other non-youtube distribution platforms that were lesser known but that people were utilizing to put their content on the internet and, and obviously like with technology and the internet advancing so quickly there are, are more opportunities for people to make web series i don't necessarily think that it's the next big thing because i think it's been a big thing for a while uh just yesterday the news came out that um the america Ferreira produced Hentified web series uh, that a couple of BuzzFeed staffers lost their jobs over working on uh, got sold to TV. Like every other week, there's a new web series getting sold to television. So I, I don't know if I would describe it as being a the next big thing, because I think it already is the big thing. So many creators are being, you know, so much talent is being sourced from the internet. You know, if you can make a splash, if you can tell a great story, if you're a captivating performer, being on the internet is a great way to to get yourself out there and get people aware of the work that you're doing. And I, I think that that's been a, a pretty consistently upward slope for a while when people started to realize that there's a lot of talent on the internet that would not have been discovered otherwise. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I, I think I think that's where I fall on that. Uh, I think that right now people are saying that podcasts are the next big thing, even though, again, podcasts have been around forever and have been going really well for a lot of people. But they it, call it radio once. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and so I, I think that 
while the initial like excitement over the form of web series is over, like it's no longer super exciting to hear like, hey, I'm making a web series. It's like, yeah, you and everyone else on this block. <laughs> uh, so I don't think it's new and I don't think it's next. I think it's already here. And so I think that we, we are now sort of settling into not maybe not the golden age or the, the you know, the the initial onslaught of web series, but I think we're settling into a a media culture where web series are just another piece of content that you can be a fan of. How do you think that this, that this situation correlates with the fact that most of the web series that are being created today are still independent and aren't and the opportunities to create web series that are, let's call it seriously funded. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to say it. Why do you think that these kind of web series are still very rare? Well, I think that the the problem is is that most of the companies that were uh, and have been producing the you know quote unquote seriously funded web series for the past couple of years are regular long form traditional media companies who are like, oh, YouTube seems exciting. We should get in on that. But they're still using old world thinking. Uh, I was a producer in the digital department at MTV for almost a year before I started working at Starable. And I got to see firsthand how slowly things move in a traditional media environment. They're trying to produce web video as if it was television, but it's fundamentally a different thing. And so I think the problem has been that like the only place that funding was coming from, at least in America, I know there's there's a lot of different options for funding around the world, but in America, you know, to get money for a web series in a lot of cases was to sell it to one of the sort of digital distributors that were coming out of these larger companies. Uh, So the Super Deluxes, the Defy Medias, the Bustle Digital Department, Refinery29, all these things. But the problem was, is, is these are all old media companies who existed long before digital video was a twinkle in their eye. And so they had no idea how to actually fund that. Then that compounds with the issues of like Facebook video stats being really inflated. And so people pouring a lot of money into something that actually wasn't getting them returns just because they had bad, bad analytics. And you Mm -hmm. get this system where everyone was sort of told a different thing about what digital video was going to be for them as a business practice and as an art form. And everyone got disappointed and freaked out. And so we have layoffs going on around, you know, every other week, there are four new companies that have laid off 10% of their staff because they realized that they were doing it all wrong. I still think that the the layoffs are doing it wrong, too. But that's sort of a separate issue. And and so I, I think that people still haven't quite figured out what an internet like an internet only video landscape looks like because advertising models aren't the same uh, all of these streaming networks that that sell a, a package without ads is a, a totally new landscape for people so i i think that there's a there's a, a big shift going on right now in insofar as like what people are expecting from digital video on every level. And I think that in the next couple of years, we're going to see a lot of players who are coming into the game explicitly as digital short form producers and distributors. And I think those people are going to be a lot more successful because they don't have all of this old media jargon in their head. They're not thinking about making a two minute YouTube video the same way that they think about making an hour long ABC drama. They're just going to think about what makes sense for the internet. And I'm really excited to see those people crop up because that's what we really need. We don't need more old companies trying to pretend that they're the new kid on the block. We need new kids on the block. Definitely. It's a totally new block. Exactly. So you got to interview a lot of people who are either web series creators or are professionals who are involved in this business of web series and internet 
content, content online. What is in common to all of those successful web series creators that you encountered? What is their secret? I think that the thing that's consistent is that there isn't one. I mean, every single person I talked to had 100% a different story from the last. So, you know, Bernie Sue, he was the first person to win an Emmy with a YouTube distributed series. And he came into it in, in what would quote unquote be considered a, a fairly common story. You know, he, he went to film school, he was a writer and he decided to fund his own web series and really nail like a, a proof of concept for his own, you know, work. And then he started networking and eventually got the opportunities that landed him the career he has today. Whereas the the second person who who we interviewed, Katie Tibaldi, was also a filmmaker who was doing small stuff on the side, but her route was less writing and creating her own work as it was working for more established companies. So she's an associate producer on a true TV show at home with Amy Sedaris. And that's the way that she's Mm -hmm. made a lot of connections. So she, instead of making her own work, started producing and and not necessarily doing like writing and development for for more traditional media. Then uh, Christina Raya, who I interviewed next, uh, is a, a filmmaker who works as the, uh, I think right now her title is the director of education at Seedenspark, which is a crowdfunding company. So she was just mm-hmm. a, a filmmaker who was, you know, uh, working on on making great content with the help of a community. And now she she gives talks at film festivals and film schools about crowdfunding. And that's how she film she funds her filmmaking career. She went like a, a funding and finance route. Mm-hmm. And, and so like all of these different people had such different paths. But you know, the, the thing that unified them is that they didn't try and fit into something that didn't work for them. You know, they didn't look at, at, at one person's career and say, okay, I'm going to do every single thing they did because they, they realize that that's not how that works. Every person has different talents, has different interests, has different things that they can offer the world. And so me trying to follow in Bernie Sue's footsteps isn't going to do me any good because I'm not Bernie Sue. I have a whole different set of skills that I, I can, you know, put into the world. So it's it, it's really hard, I think, for people to hear that uh, because I think a lot of us in in the arts want there to be an answer. We want there to be like a, a a template that we can follow for what will make us successful. But like we fail to realize that success means wildly different things to different people, and different people fundamentally, in especially in a very subjective community in a very subjective uh, career can't possibly follow the same template as each other. It just doesn't work that way. And with technology and culture changing so quickly, what worked a year ago doesn't even exist anymore today. So being constantly able to just look at what your goals are and what you want to be doing with your life, that's that's what makes people successful, is deciding for themselves, this is who I want to be, this is what I want to do, now I'm going to go do it. Okay, that sounds really good. Now, for, before we conclude, I have the, the philosophical question, which I usually ask, mm-hmm. which is, what do you think lies in the future for web series? Let's say five years from now, if we have to play the guessing game. <laughs> uh, I think in, in five years from now, we hopefully have a new sort of a new class of digital distribution companies and digital production companies who aren't weighed down by the expectations of old media. So I think that there's going to be a little bit more business that's going internet and short form first, which I'm really excited about. We definitely need support from there. I also think that we're going to continue to break down the sort of snotty 
implication that web series aren't a you know uh, aren't something worth enjoying in their own form and are rather something you have to endure like your friend's improv show i think people are really going to start respecting web series as just short form series you know web series one web series there was one web series creator that i interviewed who said that he hopes that someday web series will stop being cute yeah, exactly. And I think that to an extent we're getting there. I mean, with the number of web series that are being turned into HBO series and the number of web series stars that are going on to to be in multi-billion dollar projects, like I think people are starting to understand that it's not just a cute thing you do on the weekend with your friends. It's a legitimate art form that's getting a lot of really talented people noticed in ways that they would have never gotten the opportunity to be to be noticed in the past. And I think that we're just going to keep building on that. Every time a web series creator sells a concept to TV or gets cast in, uh, you know, Will and Grace, there's a the web series creator, um, Brian Jordan Alvarez, who's phenomenal, made a web series called The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo. Mm-hmm. He, it was five episodes long. It was made with just his friends and a couple of, you know, off days. They made all of their audio, or at least most of their audio was recorded off of iPhones. Mm-hmm. And they not only sold that to Lionsgate, but Brian Jordan Alvarez has had starring has had like guest starring roles on Jane the Virgin and most recently um, Will and Grace. So like he has just shot up in the sort of quote unquote Hollywood ranks. And I think we're going to see more stories like that because there are so many intensely infuriatingly talented people on the Internet. And I can't wait for people to start recognizing that versus saying like, oh, that's so cute. You're you're making a web series. I think it's going to be, oh, you're making a web series. I can't wait. Do you think that web series will be more of an international thing or more of a local thing? For example, do you think that people in New York would watch a web series from Belgium or from Germany and vice versa? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I think that there is precedent for that. People watch show like, you know, traditional television and, uh, you know, films from all around the world. I do think that there's always going to be a little bit of a barrier for entry, just, you know, from people who, who are frustrated by subtitles. And I think it's definitely going to be hard for non-English speakers to get into English speaking web series because English speakers tend to only speak one language. So they can't, you know, uh, give subtitles in other languages. So that's definitely going to be hard. But I don't think there's any reason why, uh, especially in such an international community, that people wouldn't be totally open to an amazing show from Sweden or from Israel or from Berlin. I, I think that good content is good content. And if you want to watch something amazing, you just have to click a couple of buttons and hopefully you'll find it soon. That sounds like the best answer you I, I could have <laughs> get I could have gotten from you. Okay, Bri. So I wanna thank you very, very much for being with us today. It was very, very interesting and I hope we'll Keep on talking on future podcasts and other occasions. So thank you very, very much. Thank you for having me. I've had a great time. Wonderful. So thank you again. And we'll talk soon. Bye.